got him. Look, real hip hop revealed in the fix. Pure, you can feel it in the mix. Finally, stop pushing the culture forward. This is it. Proceed at your own risk. Got him. Beach balls of life, giving him truth in it. Screaming revolution when only a few minutes. My sentiments is acting, everything that we do clutch. Another reason to turn the volume up. Sheesh, know what we stand on. Solid ground when we land. Say it's no use, the culture was out of hand. But now that I've reached, we gotta stick to the plan. Dark days for the sunshine. Any good news, I'm proof that it's living. Yeah, revolving the art, the shock, oh, with it, keeping the beans on the block, don't miss it. Welcome. Tell the city stand up. James left, but the king still reigns here. No tears, no love lost, no rain here. Delivers, I promise, Santa rain here. Love, love for the city still resides here. Fix for your ailment, faith that resides outside the lines. Detox your mind, cause it matters. Art, art outside the box, we paint splatter. The fix is in and we rock a channel. We rock with them for what's deep within. Expose those who talk but don't live. Expose those who talk but don't live. Take offense, take offense. Judge by the fruit from the tree. But if the fruit tastes like the streets and money is the fruit that they speak, so tell me whose face do they seek? Repeat. Take offense, take offense. Judge by the fruit from the tree. But if the fruit tastes like the streets and money is the fruit that they seek, so tell me whose face do they seek? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're now tuned into the fix. Your source for faith infused hip hop, RB, and poetry. I go by the name of DJ Focus. Squad in here with me. Tierra, what's good? Hola. You know, I'm still working on my, my Spanish. Hey, y'all. So, 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 what else have we learned since you're working on your Spanish? What, so, what else are we speaking this week in Spanish? Como estas? I got <laughs> How you doing? Uh, Hey Jones in the background as always, and uh, we got a we got a special guest today. T, um, I, I'm pumped about this interview. Um, I was able to meet uh, this dope young lady. Well, not meet, but able to connect with this dope young lady about a year ago. Um, she was actually one of the first um, platforms um, that put the fixed radio show on, far as for uh, allowing for us to come onto their platform. Um, she's super dope. She's uh, the founder of Our Soul Radio. She's also been a contributor for uh, Ebony and uh, Jet Thank Magazine. You. She got TV and film production, yada, yada, yada. I, I, the list goes on and on and on. Tamara Young, are you there? I'm here. What's up, y'all? What's hey, going there. on? <laughs> y'all are killing on that theme song, first of all. What's that? <laughs> y'all are killing with that theme song, first of all. We, we just trying. We just trying something over here. It's, it's probably something coming soon. A, a new one coming soon. You know me. I, I like to switch stuff up and I got I got Tierra back. So I got some ideas. So you already know, T. Just, just wait on it, Tierra. You know, just wait on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're definitely glad to have you on today. Um, we, we're going to get right into it, uh, Tamara. So we got a lot to talk about. Um, first off, can you can you share a little bit of, I mean, forgive me, Tamara. Can you share a little bit of your faith story, Tamara? how you kind of came to Christ and, and before we get into the business side and everything you got going on? Um, sure. Um, I came, so I didn't, I didn't grow up in church traditionally. Like a lot of people, I was not born on a pew, not at all. Um, there are several different faiths in the background of my family from Jehovah Witnesses, Hebrew Israelites, um, you know, people who profess to be Christian, but maybe I don't know if I was ever, um, if I saw tons of examples of them living it out, like fully surrendered, obeying it fully, you know, and uh, they were there. I was young, you know, I probably wasn't paying attention. Um, but in high school, actually it was a young man who stopped me in the hallway um, on my way to class or somewhere. And he just introduced me to Christ right there, pulled out John three and three. That was the first time at 16 years old, I had heard the words born again. 
in America, right? <laughs> Clearly, I must not have been paying attention in church or um, there are just many who just don't hear the gospel um, for whatever reasons. And I hadn't heard it presented to me that way, but I always say that I believe I was, I was um, introduced to relationship with Christ through that young man um, and through a Christian group that they had at my high school, more so than religion. It was the first time that it just hit me in a new way. So that's the that's short good. version. Yeah. That's a, no, that, that's good. So for so you hit on something else. So what's your experience now? So you said you said you have family that are kind of like were like Jehovah Witness, like yeah. Israelites. What's what's the what's the conversation like now? Do you still talk to a lot of those family members? Absolutely. I think it borders down to um, respect first. You know, <laughs> they're human first before they're anything else. Um, mm -hmm. So respect, love. We don't have to agree on everything. We won't, but we won't even get a chance to dialogue to um, teach each other anything if we don't first love and respect each other. So it just, it starts there. They're my uncles, they're my aunts, they're family, you know, first and foremost. So um, when we get into conversations like that, um, I'll say we don't a lot, um, but we're also not in the same state. So that might be one reason. Because okay. right. um, I'm going to ask, how, how are like family gatherings? Like what's those conversations like? Like a Christmas dinner, how did you sit down for Christmas dinner? And had, like, I, I would just like to be in the room. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I feel you. I guess it's not like that. The ones that believe something different, let's see. When we go out of town and we end up in a family situation like that, we just don't touch on that. Okay. Like religion isn't the top subject. Um, it's just, you know, how have you been? Because we don't see each other often. Um, but when those topics come up, I always try to address them first with respect. Um, when I, I, I'll say probably the most challenging thing was when I was looking to figure out what I believe. Um, because before coming to Christ, I had a sports injury. I was really big in sports. Um, and I had a sports injury that left me with like three blood clots, um, like right here on the side of my head. Um, and I almost died from that. I had a surgery. Thankfully, I lived, healed super quickly. Um, the Lord just scooped me up right after that. That was at 13 years old when that happened. Um, and he just scooped me up at 16 and, you know, saved me. So I always say he saved me twice. You know, he saved my physical life and he saved me spiritually. Not to mention the many other times I probably have no idea of when he's also saved me physically. You know, there's angels and him just covering us so many times we don't even know about it. But after I came to Christ, um, I've always had a strong passion for evangelism. Um, probably because that's the way that I came in. You know, it was a young man who was unashamed of his faith, met me in the hallway at, at school, not at church, um, and told me about the Lord. So I found myself researching many different religions before I knew what apologetics was. Um, so I think in learning those different things, it helped me to learn how to dialogue with my family, um, those particular family members. But before that, your girl was just searching and I would find myself studying with my Hebrew Israelite uncle and he used the Bible studying with my Jehovah witness uncle and he used the Bible. So you see how that can be confusing to a 16 year old who maybe had not yet studied anything else themselves. Didn't know the Lord. That was interesting. But yeah. after I came to know the Lord and started studying for myself, you know, it's a little bit easier to navigate. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So let's 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 get into let's get into the career. How did how do we start Art Soul Radio? 
Oh, our soul radio was birthed out of a passion of just the passion I have for music, um, for bringing artists to where fans were. When I got saved, there just weren't as many um, artists um, that I, I loved that I felt like I could listen to. So I wanted to bring them to the light. And then the more you're in the faith, the more you realize how many underground artists just aren't getting the attention that they deserve and that they need. Um, so it was kind of birthed out of that and also birthed out of wanting to show men, wanting to, wanting to inspire a new generation of artists to use their gifts for God's glory. I saw a lot of artists, some of our best, that we would end up losing um, to the world um, because sometimes they feel like they need to choose their faith over creativity. I don't know if that makes any sense. It does. And I need to elaborate a little bit more on that. So are you speaking more yeah. to like them being able to present themselves within the church family and within churches? And yeah. Yeah, um, I think it's gotten a lot better, but I do still think that some artists struggle with, you know, what do I do when I feel more like a misfit, where I'm maybe too churchy for the world or, you know, too worldly for the church still. And I think Christian hip hop deals with that in the gospel arena all the time, where mm -hmm. gospel still in 2020 hasn't fully accepted, nor do they fully even know everything that's going on over here. They're missing a lot. They're missing a lot. They need to tune in, right? They are. Um, so, <laughs> they are. So one of our goals was to not just inspire those artists to um, just keep doing what they're doing, um, even if it's not the status quo Sunday morning kind of a thing. We just wanted them to use what they had and also create a space where we could create an audience to help bridge um, those different audiences. So we reach out to a gospel audience, to a CHH audience, um, and the worship and we try to bring them all into one space where we're just kind of introducing them to new music. So when you talk about just some of the artists that you try to bring to light or that you have just kind of fallen in love with over your career, um, who, whose music is like soul food to you? Like, I mean, it really just, just pierces a place in you and really kind of touches you. And you're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> You know, you know when you came, Mr. Fix, you know. <laughs> there are so many. So I'm going to start by saying that, that I wouldn't even have time to mention everyone. Um, Jonathan McReynolds is soul food. Um, his, his lyrics are so simplistic, but they just hit you or make you think like, mm -hmm. they're so simplistic, they're almost genius. It's like, how did you, okay, all right, yes, sir. Um, let's see. Who else? Derek Minor. I love how he's never afraid to address hard things. Mm -hmm. um, and he does it well with quality. The whole RMG camp does that. Um, do, well, they all do what they do pretty well. Um, let's see. Who else? Propaganda. Um, in the CHH world, I love propaganda. <laughs> what did um, say? Yeah. His stuff always makes you think. And I'm a nerd at heart, so... Mm -hmm. <laughs> I yeah. love that. Um, there are so many. Yeah, you're going to get me in trouble. Todd Delaney, um, Free Will Robinson, um, a lot of independent artists that some people probably haven't heard of, too, you know? So, yeah. And yeah. I mean, speaking of independent artists, too, like, just the industry, period, how important do you think it is to continue to have uh, just a minority representation in the entertainment world, especially in radio? I think it's very important. Um, 
I think it's very important. So I've worked within the Christian side, gospel side, and some secular as well. And these are all very different worlds at times. Um, on the Christian hip hop so side, it's always great to see a minority owned uh, media company. Mm -hmm. um, I love my other brothers and sisters as well. They're doing amazing, but I think it's important. You know, um, it's kind of like that statement of, it's just, you, you can be what you can see. You know what I mean? It's There's something about a young person being able to see someone that looks like them, um, showing them what's possible. So I think it's very important for minorities to be involved in the space of ownership, entrepreneurship, and specifically mm -hmm. media. We get to put our voice out there. We get to tell the stories that maybe aren't being told by others. We get to highlight we get to share things in a way that maybe it's not being shared somewhere else. It's just very important for us to have a voice and use it. And I have to give you your flowers while you're still here because I re just reading some of your articles and some of the things that you've done. Just thank you for being for being somebody that someone like me kind of coming up in the game or just kind of get my feet wet a little bit can look and say no you do it like this and you and, and you walk it like this and um just having a, an example to live up to so who for you was maybe uh one of your heroes or one of your the people that you kind of look up to and followed and got, got kind of got you inspired for what you do man I would say there are probably some unknown names first, you know, people um, that were just right in my face. Um, there was a church I was a part of years ago um, and a lady, they used to call Lady Glow, you know, black churches, it's always a lady something at the church, but it's so fit her. She's just so beautiful and she worked in television. Um, she worked in radio and she's just loving on people with this huge church. I, she just blew my mind all the time, just trying to figure out how she did it. Um, and I had a mentor for television, um, Erica Holder. Um, Erica helped get me some of my first um, job opportunities, even when they were free and not paid, <laughs> but they were opportunities for me to learn, um, which I think is so important. Um, can't always look for money. Uh, I heard Rachel Ray say once that if you only look for money, you'll miss a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a blessing in serving mm -hmm. um, and not just looking on what you can give. You learn a lot there, you yeah. know, so I've done a lot of that and I still will where I can, but I'd say those are probably two of my first people who are not major name people that I would okay. mention. Mm -hmm. So I've, I was reading one of uh your articles and you were interviewing um Kanye or you had I'm sorry you had a you had a comment about um some things that went along mm -hmm. with oh Kanye mm -hmm. uproar and whatnot so I just want to kind of pick your brain a little okay. bit because uh, <laughs> it's hard to me it is hard trying to be in the Christian and gospel world and then also still maintain this um secular piece where when you're in the entertainment like you still got to keep up with what's going on like I don't think you can just shut off and be in one in, in one space so how do you think people like Kanye and um, other artists really impact um, what we do as Christian artists or what we do in Christian entertainment like what what is that bridge there how do I think he impacts what we do yeah 
I don't know if I don't know so much if he's impacting what we do, but I do think that it's important for us to watch individuals like him mm -hmm. um, and know what's happening in the world, period. He's a major name and a major figure in our world. And we're in the world. We're not of it, right? Mm -hmm. But we're in it. So it's just a part of the human experience to talk about it. We talk about it every day. So I think us in media, we should do the same. You know, we talk about all of the aspects of life that hit us. Um, so I think maybe how does he impact what we do? I, I just think we should just pay attention. Maybe it can help us shape our voice, shape our message, shape what we want to say, how we want to say it. Um, if you see Kanye in whatever way he's doing it, mm -hmm. crying for help, <laughs> you know, whether it's through his music or through him just coming across a little interesting, you know, um, in media and whatnot. Um, he said himself that after he came to the Lord that he, he felt like he had a sound mind now. So mm -hmm. I, I kind of think that he showed signs of him not having a sound mind prior to that, you know? And I think if we were paying attention to individuals like him, and if our hearts are fixed in a space of reconciling people back to Christ, even within our industries with what we do, when we see him, maybe how it can impact us is it, it impacts our pen, right? Um, how, how we're shaping our message. How do we want to reach if he were to come across something that we said or read or, or wrote or um, just created in some way, how would we shape our pen? Or some of his followers, how are we shaping our pen for that? So maybe in that way. So I love this whole shaping pen. So I write and you have me thinking, I'm like, so how do now, it just kind of all over thinking about COVID and the entertainment world, how things have been kind of shaped because of where we are in um, this whole social distancing phase. How do you think, to shape begin to shape our pen moving forward as as artists in entertainment in in the entertainment world um in the christian side yes like what are some of the things i think we need to be kind of pushing and moving forward um, in light of everything that's going on i think be very mindful to continue speaking to the human experience um that's one of the things we like to do with um, our soul now. You know, we do 24-7 radio, but also online magazine where we cover music, faith, culture, and art. Um, we want to be in front of the trending topics so that we can help lead some of those conversations so that we can help um, maybe shaping our pen, creating articles or um, online events where we have talks on these topics where we can encourage people to look at them in another way. Um, there's so many ways an artist can make sure that they're speaking to the human experience and just trying their way and their own creative way just to infuse the kingdom into those conversations. So that's, I, I, that's what I think that they should do. That's dope. That's dope. So speak a little bit, uh, Tamara, about your experience. You've worked within TV, you've worked in, within radio. Uh, and you spoke a little bit before about, you know, kind of having like a passion for evangelism. Speak a little bit about your encounters and the, the, the opportunities that you get to maybe share the gospel with, you know, people within the mainstream or even, you know, some questionable people that, you know, sometimes you might feel within the faith and how that looks. Say that you were breaking up for a minute. The last part. 
and, and within the, you know, some, some, some believers, you know, cause I know sometimes too, even as we network and we build relationships with people, even on the, the Christian side of the business side and also the mainstream, you still kind of have some people to kind of like maybe straddle the fence. If you want to use those words, speak a little bit about your experience with just working with people and getting the opportunity to kind of like evangelize within those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Or you just kind of like, just chill kind of like more, uh, okay, so all right, because no, you gave you gave me you gave me that look like wait a minute, <laughs> and no, I don't want you no trouble. No, I can't. I can't. Oh, you say know, I, never, just, you know. <laughs> I can't say I never say um, anything. Um, um, but let's see how how do I go about? There there are a few different ways. Sometimes just in the way that I'm formulating my questions when I'm interviewing somebody. Okay. Um, I want to, I think one of the reasons I like being a journalist is because I also have a passion and a gift for teaching. And I believe that there's a way that you can teach even within journalism. You're kind of painting the story with your questions. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're bringing out a certain topic and message from that person, but you're kind of the director in that by what you're asking them, right? Um, so sometimes I've, well, most times I found myself praying beforehand and um, just asking myself, you know, how can I, how can I, how can I be a light in some way to them and to the readers, even just through the questions that I'm going to ask. There are a couple of examples I'm thinking of with that, that I don't know if I want to tell just yet. (laughs) You already know, that's what I'm looking for. Okay, y'all are gonna kill me, but I think my font, my computer is going really low. Can you give me like one second? Yep, go ahead, go ahead, you good. You good. gotta fix it, you know. <laughs> you good. Okay. Um, I've had opportunities where I've been able to pray with people um, where maybe I can just kind of bring up certain topics that open the door for us to have conversation later. Um, and then off the record, I'll pray with them. You know, I'll um, share a few words, you know, um, and then in some cases you don't have that opportunity. Um, there was a time I met Charlemagne the God, um, came super close to interviewing him, but I ended up just listening and kind of surprised me. He was a little bit different than I thought he would be. <laughs> but I really felt my, I really felt God just telling me to pray for him. Um, and then shortly after that, I saw him doing some interviews with like Stephen Furtick and uh, T.D. Jakes and a few others. And it just made me think, um, we really have to listen to the voice of God because how we get to minister to people, it's not always through a long sermon in that moment. Sometimes it's just praying for them right there, hand in hand, or maybe just when they don't even know it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah. I can't give, I can't give some of those stories. <laughs> some of those stories are gonna be a little, little personal for those people. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And I wanna put that there. You good, good. So, so, so Radio recently um, started uh, a series called Song Series Stories. Can you tell yeah. the people what that exactly is? Yes, Song Stories is a chance, is the opportunity for us to get up close and personal with the artists. 
Um, they kind of share their story behind um, the songs on some of their most recent albums or just some of their most popular songs uh, that fans love the most. I think a lot of fans don't realize how long it takes to write a song or what it takes for an artist to birth a song, right? It comes out of a lot of life experience, life pain, a lot of healing. Sometimes songs can be six years old um, and then they drop it and it's new to everybody else, you know? They don't know the full story. They just kind of get to see the glory of the situation. So we want to give them a sneak peek into the story behind it. And all of them end with a live performance. So it's on IG Live on Fridays. We might be switching it to Sundays. So keep looking out for that. Follow us on Instagram and we'll let you know. Um, and then we put everything, the replays on YouTube. Who are you uh, looking forward to interviewing? Hmm. Well, right now the host is DJ Standout. Um, he works with Transformation Church uh, with Michael Todd. He's a new DJ to Art Soul Radio as well. We're excited to have him. Um, I am going to be doing some other interviews with independent artists as well. But who am I most looking forward to? Oh, man. Um, there are so many independent artists and mainstream artists. We don't want to give away some of the biggest names that we have coming up. We really want people to be surprised. Um, but Jonathan was one I was looking forward to him talking about. It was great. It was funny, especially when some of the fans started asking about dating. Good Lord. <laughs> I think he's over it. <laughs> I think it's the last time uh, he gives the answer to that one. Juan Days was really great. Um, Juan Day just has such an amazing story. So it was awesome to hear hers. Um, we may have, um, yeah, man, I want to tell you who's coming next, but I can't. I can't tell yeah. Of course, you can't give, you can't spill the beans. But you did bring up something. I am, I, or some of our uh, listeners and or watchers are interested in. What is what's going on with uh, your dating life, ma'am? How we oh, my dating life? <laughs> like, it's twenty twenty because it's rough out here, sis. It is rough, you know. We in quarantine. <laughs> um, no, um, I am dating. Um, I. I'm not a serial dater, <laughs> if that's a word, if that makes any sense. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had some relationships, so maybe over the years, but um, one main one. And um, that's, that's the one I'm in right now. He's an amazing guy, so. That's awesome. So what's the, what's, what are some of the challenges though with the work that you do and then trying to balance dating life and, and just, just being, being a, a, a woman in 2020, like I just feel like it's so much we we have, especially when we're talking about having full careers and kind of adding other levels to our lives. Um, I think it's probably the same challenges that you'd find in any other career when just trying to balance life and work. Um, you just have to be really intentional, making time for both, communicate really well, <laughs> um, communicate about what's working, communicate about what's frustrating, communicate about everything, right? That's really important. Um, yeah. I'd say um, if I was not with him, I think one of the biggest challenges would be the fact that I work with so many men. It's mm -hmm. a male-dominated industry on yeah. Christian and non-Christian side. Um, and, you know, put your business hat on and you do your work. <laughs> but you have to have a, a man who understands that um that's a part of work yeah so yeah I can imagine because I'm like you're gorgeous and I'm sure you have opportunities to be around some other gorgeous folks of the opposite sex so 
how how does just kind of keeping keeping your business business and so this question what advice would you give young women um who are trying to come up in the industry who are single and trying to maintain business versus you know just just keeping keeping ourselves safe if you will i, I say just what i do is i'm just really clear um, i'm a pretty focused individual um it's just discipline it's I, I haven't had a lot of issues with it for me. It's not something that I've been like, oh my goodness, I'm about to interview so-and-so. Lord God, help me out. Like, it's never really been a thing. <laughs> but everybody has their own struggle. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's just not my, my thing. Um, and I, yeah, that's not my thing. Like, I don't even get fanish around bigger names their people their souls i'm i'm kind of jumping in with a mission and yeah. mom you know like there's an angle that i want to reach um mm -hmm. and it's for people to be inspired um and touched by something that's being said in these interviews and in these conversations in these articles so my focus is really on that you know or i'm here to bring light to so-and-so's music to their art um because essentially it's their creativity that's pointing the soul to christ like I say, keep your mission in mind. Keep your mission in mind is what I would tell a, um, a young woman. Keep your mission in mind. It has to be ingrained in you. It has to be important. It can't just be, I hope it's not just about money. <laughs> um, you have to have your mission like really solid. Um, keep good people around you, good accountability. Mm -hmm. um, stay in the word, <laughs> in church. Um, what, what does that look like for you when you say stay in the word in church? Talk a little bit yeah. about your spiritual regimen because you, you said accountability. You said definitely got to yeah. stay disciplined. What does that look like, though? Yeah, um, make time to study, you know, during the day, you know. Um, sure, make time to study just to know the word, you know, study to show yourself approved. Do that. But also continuously check yourself. I heard a sermon years ago called Constantly Becoming. And the woman was just teaching that we're always becoming something. So whether you're becoming more forgiving or whether you're becoming more rigid, more unforgiving, or, you know, let's say church is getting on your nerves or church people getting on your nerves and you're just becoming really like getting a bad attitude towards it all. Like it's really important to do heart checks. Um, and that's something I do with myself. Um, and I have people around me who will check me it's important to not have yes people around you, but Absolutely. people who actually let you know, like, you know, you got real unbalanced, Tamara. Like, did you go to sleep yesterday? <laughs> you know, have you been in your work because your attitude's been a little different? Or uh, so keeping the right people around you, um, studying, not to just show yourself approved to know the word, but to also check on yourself to see how you're doing. What are you becoming? Because you're becoming something. Yeah. That's so it. what's next for our soul radio say it again what's next what's coming up next for our soul radio what should the people what's be man we had to revamp so many things due to COVID-19 right so um we are gonna need everyone's help subscribe to our YouTube channel because we have some amazing things coming up this was going to be the year that we had an event series in a few different cities um but because of that shut down um, it still doesn't stop anything that we're doing. We have some really great ideas for online stuff that we're doing for college students. 
um, that we're doing for artists. Um, our Creatives Network is gonna be launching this summer. Um, that's a network where they can sign up right now on the landing page. It's just, um, I'll give you the link before we close out so you can share it with people. Um, okay. It's a space where we just create community for creatives um, in different cities. We supply them with resources so they can thrive. So masterclass series, discounts on all types of things they, need, they will need, travel, shopping, um, some really dope stuff, um, restaurants, so you can eat on the low <laughs> and save money, which is really important right now. So right. Asking everybody to sign up there. We have some really dope things coming up in that area. My last, my last question for you would be, uh, so one of my favorite songs is I Was Here by Beyonce. Yeah. Uh, it just, you know, gives you, she was here and she, she made her statement. What would be, if this was your last time you ever got to say or what, what would be like your last I was here statement or piece of advice or anything you want to give to people? Love well, love people well. That's a really important thing. Love like Christ love. Um, that also means forgiving like he forgave. Um, seeing people through his eyes, um, not being so judgmental and quick to gossip. Boy, church got some problems with that. <laughs> <laughs> but we're people, you know, we're people, um, we're imperfect people um, that just need to stay surrendered at God's feet, you know, so um, I, that, that would be my thing, love well, love like Christ love. Wow. We appreciate you rocking with us today, sis. Thank you. Uh, can you tell the people how they can connect with you, how to follow you, all that good stuff? Absolutely. Um, follow Art Soul Radio. It's Art Soul Radio on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. That's really important, y'all. Follow us there. We haven't used it in a while, so we need to see you there for what's coming up next. Um, if you want to follow me for any other interviews I may be doing as well, um, just Tamara L. Young on Instagram. Um, that's the best space for that. Um, and if they want to sign up for the Creatives Network, it's the ArtSoulCreativesNetwork.com. That's the landing page. They can fill out their information there. Definitely go sign up, y'all. Uh, definitely the Fixed Radio Show is on Our Soul Radio. We definitely appreciate you, Tamara. Thank you. Uh, dope interview. Uh, keep it locked, y'all. We're going to get into a music break. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Fix. On the block, but I couldn't really stay the same. Cause they were switching, man, I had to go. Wow. Jungle boy, they said I'd never be none, but I had satin. Watch me turn a dirty toilet to ay, a gold. Honestly, all I ever see is wins. I had 2020 vision way before 2020. Ay, yeah. Barely finish, ain't stopping till I get it, young Mitch. But I be going super hard until I'm dead and gone. Until I'm dead and gone. You know we get it private. Same team, ain't no options. If it don't work, then you don't eat. I made it through, but it wasn't me. You know we solid, shorty. I know we show it, run it. I'm moving the mountain, shorty. And it ain't nothing to me. I ain't talk, but I showed it. Headed to the top as you're going. I ain't got to say it, cause you know it. We don't give it to them till they notice. You can have whatever you want. If you were, you can get it. Whatever you need. Put in work, so we got it. Back and did it, 
I said I fell off, oh, we gon' see. On my mama, I'm the number one stunner, cause I get it from my father. See me tripping in my white my I was only 17 when I started on my own. I had to get it, had to work it for myself. On my grind, you done seen a lot of growth, cause I got God on my side. And if I'm capping, let me know, let me know. Yeah. You know we get it poppin'. Same team in a don't work, then you don't eat. I made it through, but it wasn't me. You know we solid, shawty. I know we show it, running. I move in the mountains, shawty. And it ain't nothing to it. I ain't talk, but I show it. Headed to the top, it's God, then the blessings come after me. They tell me I am a problem. Only success that can answer me. Plus, a boy got the strategy. Trust the Lord, keep my sanity. Yeah, I need more of this capacity. Uh, my reward coming after me. Yeah, I got a lot on my mind. Preach. I don't got a lot of time. Preach. Every day I gotta grind, 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 grind. Preach. I ain't even in my prime. Plus, I do it independently. I don't need a cosign. Even though labels are in the media, cause they don't determine the destiny. Haters just bring out the best of me. I give him my all and I beat the odds, and I'm gonna get what he left for me, yeah. Eyes can't see my potential. I'm an heir to the throne, that's credentials. Gasoline, cause I'm trying to feel my dreams. You don't understand my voice, you're not ever stopping me, I need some gasoline, cause I'm 
shooting for the stars. You ain't gotta help me push it. But I'm feeling in my car. I need some gasoline. Cause I'm trying to feel my dreams. You don't understand my poetry. You're not ever stopping me. I need some gasoline. Cause I'm shooting for the stars. You ain't gotta help me push it. But I'm feeling in my car. Share the map, staircase, they see how I'm going up. I won't even stare back, airspace, tear the tracks, never the base, I back it and fold it up. I'm tagging they toes up, they latching on the back of a tow truck for free rides. Monty, I was caught by Jehovah from knee high, I was gone, now you sticking your nose up and we see why. Just because the leaves been falling don't mean a tree die. When you talk, it's like the truth go missing. God be steady speaking now, but you don't listen. Y'all don't talk about the crucifixion, yet you out here wondering why your crucifixion. I admit it, I'ma kill it, I got a lot more. I'ma finish that you send it up to the top, yo. I repented, I was sending and couldn't stop, whoa. I spit the Esco bars on Pablo, infinite bit is intricate spit. Tipping is risen, been in the kitchen, flipping the system. Vision is vivid, I've been that kid with the mission. Get the rule off till Christmas. The devil lurking, I don't mess with snakes. So I keep a drake though, like Professor Snake. Hopped out the plane, I'm a parachuter. Devil wanna aim, but he know I keep a parachuter. One on my left and one on my right, like on Larry Hoover. Lawn knows her like a barracuda. If you love her and can't bear to lose her, dog, don't be sorry, you ain't sharing sooner. A treasonous legion, an army of evil. I'm reaching for Jesus to block when they seeking to harm me. A season of reaping the harvest and keeping my feet with the teaching of God has been creeping upon me i'm so free god i got the holy key oh yeah i'm so free god i know they won't agree but i don't really care if they're aware i just put a prayer up in the air he won't give me more than i can bear yeah ooh, ooh, ooh. i'm so free god i got the holy key oh yeah i'm so free god i know they won't agree but I just put a prayer up in the air. He won't give me more than I can bear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Call my mother, thank her for praying for me. She know people, parents, demons, staring me. Top shot, I came in the game, foreign and broke, beating bear, but he been sparing me. My speech is rare, my team is seraphim. Can't breathe this air, I need some clarity. With frequent prayer, I defeat the haters. They wildly coyote until they gotta meet me, they maker. We meet deep and we need our savior. He was beat for no reason, like a preseason player. So thankful, I know I was spending my life trying to put it all at his throne. You know I'm a savage, I'm broken and battered. My soul is so callous, I'm so I'm a talent. I'm loading the cannon, I'm showing the pattern. My hope is in Jehovah, I'll never fold. I know it with the boat, how it flows. I'm so free, God, I got the holy key, oh yeah, I'm so free, God, I know they won't agree, but I don't really care if they're aware, I just put a prayer up in the air, he won't give me more than I can bear, yeah, ooh, 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 I'm so free, God, I got the holy key, oh yeah, I'm so free, God, I know they won't agree, but care if they're aware i just put a prayer up in the air he won't give me more than i can bear yeah mm-hmm. i'm so free god i'm so free god i just put a prayer up in the air he won't give me more than i can bear
Jesus, 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 Jesus. I love to praise your name.
shoulder head ain't been thinking sober deacon been holding me hostage when is this sermon over i'm texting a bad shorty she want me to hold her leaving this service early morning i'm more on my spirit fly this a different die okay. hair turning gray from off the lot this a different die okay. people look at me like i'm crazy i'm smelling high they just judge me before they know me the art of pride wow. i seen dead people walking but feel alive yes. i seen red message just left when she not around who really love me beside the game i feel ashamed i know i'm supposed to talk to god about it but i can't see him i guess this what they mean when they say believe when you can't see she said p you too nice to want to date me 
But let me get a couple racks and get a white girl. She gonna be on shave room commenting, why he hate me? Let me talk. I was backseat with the homies buzzing, peer pressure grip holding me. Mine saying get home, cousin sir, got control of me. Big draw around my company, I just let my shoulder lean. Two step, watch my brother lean. Club rocking, they notice me. I'm doing my dance, she holding my hand. One walk by, he shoulder me. I swing, he swing, they on to me. Fight break out, they rushing me. Oh man, I gotta get to the van. I pray they ain't see us, the party get deeper He pull out the heater and blam We pull off and just beat the light They try, but I won that fight Thank God I live that night Thank God we still alright But something inside is still on my mind I feel like I'm dying, but still I'm alive Life has been kicking me down, I know I'm a rise Grandma called, said she praying Angels on me, look how they laying I was swaying on the fence, I heard the God And he said, you been the product of all this mercy Mind tied up like cursive Repented the all, the feeling gets stronger Started with passion welcome back welcome back you tune back into the fix your source of faith infused hip hop, R&B, and poetry. Just came off a music set. Uh, we played uh, that new Brandon P. and Mission. Shouts out to Brandon P. and Mission, man. Dope interview. Um, that'll be loaded real soon uh, to the podcast platforms. Um, they played one of their new songs off their Barely Finished 2, Barely, uh, which is doing record-breaking numbers on Spotify and also iTunes Music, uh, last time I checked. Um, before the, After that, we played uh, Alec, Alec Walls with uh, Gasoline featuring Evan Ford. We played Jay Monty's new one, More Than Music. Um, we played Grand Varsity. Um, shouts out to Grand Varsity. We'll be interviewing them real soon too as well. That Real, um, Zoe Grace, Sweet Jesus. And that last track that just went off was uh, the homie from Detroit, Paris Careers, Grace Interlude. And uh, we back, we back T. Uh, definitely want to get some thoughts on that interview with Tamara. Uh, what, 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 you know, just some thoughts on, First you know, of all, everything she got going on. Go ahead. Just first, I love her. Like she, she is out here killing it, being okay. a young, um, just a young black woman in the, in the industry that is so mean. Yeah. As ours, whether you in gospel or not, like all of entertainment is is alliance then, and so for her to be holding her own, having her own, and still moving amongst what's going on, like it's big ups, respects to her. That's first. Uh, she just said a lot of different things that I was kind of taking some notes on. I think one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite things she kind of touched on was when you're always becoming something. I know she said mm -hmm. it was a sermon somebody else did, but just even mentioning that just had me thinking like, if you really begin to ask yourself that question and do heart checks, as she said, like you, I think you can, you can solve a problem before it starts. Right. Uh, your life, you know, those things that we can control, those things that it was like, it didn't have to happen. Like if you would have just did some recon and kind of went through some stuff, asked the right questions to yourself. Uh, so I, I really appreciate it. I really appreciated that part from her. It just had me thinking like, what am I becoming right now? Um, and what has did this just being in this sort of pandemic have me thinking about myself and, and how I'm pushing myself and what I'm becoming. So she was, she just dropped a couple of nuggets I really appreciate. 
yeah, I definitely appreciate her talking about her circle too as well, her surrounding yeah. the people she's around her and how you know important that is for people to hold you accountable and check you sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. we all we all need that accountability. We all need people around us as creatives to help us, you know, see it mm -hmm. from a different perspective. Uh so yeah, I, yeah, definitely. Um I, I definitely want to shout her out again. Like I say, she was one of the first platforms that allowed for the fixed radio show to be on a, a larger platform than what it was on. So she reached yeah. out to me and we, we had a connection. So I was super dope, super dope interview. And uh we'll do some more stuff with her too as well. Once we get back to, you know, somewhat of a normal, normal mm -hmm. living, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And we got, a, we got another guest on here too as well. We are still waiting um, for our, uh, another interview. So we do got an interview coming up uh, soon with Mr. Tibbs from uh, UGM uh, Digital and also Coalition Kingdom. But I, have, I also t I asked uh, uh, the legendary um, Robert Vaughn to hop on this call too as well, uh, just because he has, he's, he's very savvy in business, uh, music. Uh, he's been around for oh my goodness, years and years. Robert Vaughn, can you can you tell uh, Tierra a little bit about yourself and everything that you do? I, I don't I don't I, I know it's a whole list of accolades. I can't right. I can't even remember off the top of my head. But can you just tell her and introduce yourself a little bit better than what I just did? Well, at first I want to say you you were too kind, man. I, I don't know where you get such a kind heart giving me accolades <laughs> like that. But it's it's all good, you know. <laughs> Yeah, Tierra, you yeah. see that guitar in the background? That's when you know you're a legend. You see the guitar in the background, Tierra? Yeah. I just want to pay attention, Tierra. Yeah. Pay attention. Like, yeah, he got the whole setup. I'm people. No, uh, the truth be told, uh, I, I'm just, I'm, I started playing guitar a long time ago, but I never really learned how to play. So okay. recently, since I've been on lockdown, I said, oh, okay, maybe this is a good time that I can finish up what I started 20 years ago and learn how to play the guitar, you know? Okay. So, uh, I, I think I this you got is a, two of them, so you got you got options over there. I see the one to the left and to the right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, it's it's uh, it's this is an opportunity, you know, being at home I, with me, uh, where I have a lot of time now to do things that I've been wanting to do, and one of them is to be on a, a legendary radio show, which I can check that off my bucket list. With the fix, and <laughs> let, let me know. I want to be on that one too. I don't know. Let me know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I uh, yeah, Tier, I've, I've been. Uh, I, I grew up in Detroit uh, when I was younger, and I used to uh, live across the street. I used to live on West Grand Boulevard, across the street from Motown. Mm -hmm. So music was like something that everybody did. You either, back then, you were either uh, in the music, or you were in the boxing, or you were in the basketball. Or if you know a lot of the females were into dancing and being a singer, but it was just like something you did, like skip and rope. Everybody was in a group, you know. So I, I kind of got the music bug young, and uh, you know, you you just uh, and, and I guess about 15 years ago, I said, hey, you know what? I, this is something I really been wanting to do, so I'm going to get serious about it. And then I, I started uh, uh, really learning more about the, the business, you know, the business side. Uh, cause I, I wasn't really a great entertainer. So mm -hmm. when you're not a great entertainer, you got to say, oh, okay, well, I'll be a manager. Then that's how people become managers because they usually couldn't make it as entertainers. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I said, well, I'm going to learn the business side of music. So that's what I did. And I've been, uh, you know, I, I, I've been, I've been doing a little bit. I, I, um, actually used to do, uh, when I first got out of high school, I went to Cali and I used to do rock concerts uh -huh. and I was a production manager for, uh, uh, a company there 
it was uh, Warner Productions back then. It's Warner Music now, but it's Warner Productions. I used to do rock concerts, and that's kind of how I got started. And then, uh, you know, I've been dibbling and dabbling. Like I said, about 15 years ago, I said, well, I'm going to get serious. I'm going to find some artists and, you know, start start developing artists. But uh, it's a lot of fun. But, um, you know, the business has changed so much. Uh, and I think, you know, I remember when I first started, you could, uh, you know, back in the day, you used to go around to each radio station and you would take your, your, your music or whatever, you know, your sample and you would take your tape and say, hey, check this out, check this out. And, mm-hmm. you know, you had to push it that way. But now, you know, everything is internet based. So anybody, you know, the playing field is level now. Yeah. And, and probably one of the most recent developments has been uh, uh, data analytics, uh, mm-hmm. which you, you really you know, if, if you want to play now, you really have to understand that and integrate it into what you do. Because now, uh, one of the things that really shocked me was, you know, about three or two or three years ago, they're starting to identify people who are going to be stars before they're stars wow. <laughs> based on their data analytics. You know, mm-hmm. they did it with Kali, Megan Thee Stallion, Lizzo, uh, yeah. Billie Eilish, <laughs> and that's the name of the game now. They look yeah. at your social media and your data analytics and they say, well, you know what? Uh, so-and-so is going to be a big star. And, and, and you, you say, well, how can you tell? I said, look at his data analytics. And this is the same place that uh, Cardi B was three years ago, you know, on her social media or whatever. And, and uh, you, know, um, you know, we project that they're going to be big stars. And, and it's strong enough that you can actually take the, the data analytics to a bank and get money or take it to a record label and say, hey, we need $2 million. And that's the first thing they ask you. You know, they, they ask you to see your data analytics and they also want to know uh, what your Shazam looks like. Because Shazam is another way. You know, if you make a song, if somebody Shazams your song, uh, that's a strong indicator of, of future record sales. Uh, well, so yeah, you know, the rate at which your Shazam your Shazam's increase is, is a predictor of future record sales. And, uh, you know, uh, so, so they look at that, you know, cause when people Shazam your song, they have to take the phone out. They got to open Shazam. They got to hold it up to the music. Right. And then they got to decide if they want to buy it or not. So they have to actually be actively involved and for someone to do that. And I'm sure we've all heard songs where we, you know, we hear them say, well, that's a nice song. Then we hear a song. We say, Oh, let me find out who that is. Yeah. yeah. So that's a strong, uh, strong buying signal is what it is, you know. So uh, with all of the with all of the different layers and things that we have to kind of cut through as artists <laughs> to to cut through all the noise, what's some what's some of your advice just with your your expertise, your history um in the music industry? What would you tell the young artists coming up? What's the most important thing you think they need to be working on? Well, artists really need to focus on music. Mm-hmm. Um they need to uh, focus on music. They need to get a team around they can trust. They need to get somebody like, you know, uh, a DJ Focus or somebody who's been around and knows the business that's going to be honest with them or tell them, you know, because it's a hard thing sometimes. I, I almost lost the artist three weeks ago, you know, because she put some music up and I said, man, I said, you know, that sucked. <laughs> oh, geez, really, up. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I've always wanted to be honest. I said, that sucked. You know, I say the harmonies were, they were out of tune. They were louder than the, than the lead. I said that the music wasn't mixed well. And she said, well, I did it. I said, yeah, well, you, you know, if you want, one thing about you have to understand with the artist, 
if you're an artist, if you sing hip hop, then you compare it with Jay Z. You compare it with Kanye. Yeah. You compare it with Two Chains. It's not like you know. If you want to be a player, then you have to you know. You want to play basketball, you got to take on LeBron. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> and 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 if you want to be considered a professional, and I think the thing I would tell artists is that, um, you know, get get a team around you, somebody that knows the business, and and get somebody that you can trust. See, a manager, a good manager is not always the person that knows the most about the business, although they should have a pretty good knowledge. But uh, the good manager is somebody that's going to tell you the truth that you can trust. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, if you're a good artist, most people will tell you, oh, yeah, man, that was dope, man. I like that song. And, and they know, and they'll go get on the phone and say, you can't believe this crap that she just did. You know? Right. <laughs> no. that's right. So, so, so that's important. I would say uh, you got to get somebody, the business is changing so much, you have to get somebody that's like up to date with what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be where you could just go do shows and you could put stuff up on YouTube and you know, it was kind of take care of itself, but it's much different now. Yeah. You know, data plays a very important role uh, in who's going to get the early money. Uh, and, and that's usually what determines who's successful or not. A lot of great art. I see great artists all the time. But, you know, are they great enough that somebody will say, here's two million bucks to get going? Yeah. You know, so. What is the, what is the music industry missing to you sonically right now? Um... Well, I think um, everything in music, people always say, well, everything's been done, but everything hadn't been done yet. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to, uh, you have to be creative uh, in terms of your sound. I think you have to, um, you got to be who you are. You have to develop your brand and let your music represent your brand. And you have to bring people to you you know you have to bring people to you because i think what happens a lot uh, and this is one of the downsides of data is that everybody sounds like everybody else oh man they say well man you know if we put the yeah. 808 in there one sixteenth time you know and then yeah. back it off and the bridge and blah 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 that's what all the hits got in it so everybody starts doing that. that's why you can hear a lot of rappers or a lot of any artists now and you say wow you know who is that i don't know it sounds like so and so but then it could be so and so Mm-hmm. You know, so one thing I would say is that you know sonically you want somebody to hear you, and they say, "Oh, that's you." Yeah. You know when when you when you when you you know do <laughs> when you style, they can say, "Oh, I can." That's you. You know, and yeah. that's and that's uh, you really have to uh, you know be be original to really you have to be outstanding to stand out, but you also have to be original and not be like everybody else because see what happens. It's with labels. If you're just like everybody else and you screw up, they got somebody standing behind you to take your place. Yeah. Right. This is the, you know, like they say, uh, you know, Chris Brown was good, but you know, uh, this is the new Chris Brown. <laughs> he screwed up, but he was so good. They couldn't get rid of him, you know, but, That's good. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then if that guy screws up, they'll have somebody behind somebody. him, you know, so wait, real quick. I got to, I have to know before, cause you, cause you done drop some nuggets that let me know you, you, the, you the OG for real. You know what you're talking about. You know this music game. You've been around. Hey, but see, we, we got somebody else on here that's gonna drop some nuggets too. We, we go. <laughs> yeah, we got another guest on here. But go ahead, say what you gonna say, Tierra. Then we, I'm gonna intro the, new, the next guest. 
who is your musical favorite genius of all time? That's it, real quick. I would have to say mine is Barry Gordy Jr. My man. Because he developed a music model and a way of artist development, which I use. You know, it's just like I used to coach basketball. I coached girls basketball, AAU. And you never look at a player for what they can do now, but you look at them for what they can do next year. And see the same thing with, with artist development. You And Barry Gordy Jr. really developed a model that's still in use today in terms of artist development. And and I, th I think that's why um, every, every act he had was successful. I mean, Motown, you know, they used to crank out acts like, Whenever they got ready, they said, oh, we need a girls group. Okay, we'll take this receptionist, Martha Rees, and put so-and-so, and we're going to call him the Vandellas, and Smokey go write him some tunes, and bam. You know, that's another revenue stream. There you, you go. Know? Yeah, so I, I think the way he did business, uh, which, which is a little different. I mean, Puffy and those guys, they, you know, they, they, they do their thing, you know, but I think uh, Barry Gordy Jr. really kind of developed the model of artist development and marketing that's still in use today. That's just like a lot of people don't know I, that Motown had as many white artists as they had black artists, but you never know it. Yeah. Have you heard of Pat Boone? Pat Boone was an old artist. He was about as white as you could be with the blonde hair and the, and the, 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 the V-neck sweater. <laughs> and he was a Motown artist. <laughs> he was a Motown artist. And nobody okay. ever knew that, you know? So they had a lot of artists like that. And, and they would say, well, why is uh, so-and-so singing David Ruffin's song? Mm -hmm. Well, cause so-and-so was a Motown artist, you know? So mm -hmm. so that's why that's why I said Barry Gordy Jr. Cause he, he kind of like developed a model that, uh, you know, we all, I think, mm -hmm. you know, still use today, so. That's good. Definitely some nuggets from the, the legendary Robert Vaughn. Listen, <laughs> I, I'm super pumped, man. Our, our next guest is uh, in the building with us on this chat. Hey, listen, um, I've only known this brother for about a week, but I'm telling you, we've had so such great conversations. I was like, man, I got to get him on the show. So, yes, he's the president of, of Coalition Kingdom. He's also in the artist development. He's also the owner of UGM uh, Digital. Uh, man. Spotify playlist curator, radio personality, man, he's done it all, man. Mr. Tibbs, what's good, bro? What's going on, King? How's it going? Man, all is well, man. All is well. Appreciate you taking some time, man, to hop on here with us, man. No, I appreciate y'all having me, man. It's, it's an honor. It's an honor. Yes, sir. So we always we always start the show off, man, asking, can you share a little bit about your faith story with the people? How you kind of made your testimony or how you kind of uh, came to Christ before we get into the business side of it? Oh my 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 testimony. Ah, uh, just a little segment, and, and give us the good one. Don't 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 just the fix. You ain't got to hold back. This bit, you know, I, I always try to be transparent in, in all aspects. So uh, we'll we'll do a super short version. I'm a PK, so uh, you know all the stereotypical <laughs> thoughts that come behind it, it. It can be somewhat true. Um, and I think you had your little, little wilding out period. You had your little I, period that came back. If you want to call it wilding out, I guess so. Uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've tested the waters for sure, but I think that's, I think that's for everybody. I think even when, uh, you become a believer of the faith, um, you have that stage where you're a carnal believer 
and it takes it takes a lot to get to the uh, when you are when you are completely sold out for the calling. Um, I think that's always a process, uh, no matter you know which which life form or which which road you take. I think we all have those things. I think it's a little bit more spotlighted on those uh, PKs because we under under that umbrella immediately. But I, I look to it as also almost like a, you know, Michael Jordan, since we've been watching the last dance these last couple of weeks. Um, you know, his children don't even play ball. You know, his son tried. <laughs> One of them went to, you know, collegiate level. Yeah, they tried, but they wasn't, you know, they, they quite didn't get that curl right. It just didn't it just so I think I think it's the same thing. You grow up in it, you grow up around it. And people expect certain things from you because of who you are. Same thing like with the, the president's children and things. You you expect certain things. So I think we always kick against the prick even harder uh, because it's like it's so much pressure in being a certain way or presenting a certain thing. Um, so um, that's pretty much my journey. So I, I, I grew up in that. My dad has been pastoring since he was 19 preaching since he was nine. I was carrying sheetrock for churches at two years old. So I've been developing churches all my life and, um, you know, just been doing music since then. So dibbling and dabbling in the music industry wholeheartedly. So I've experienced some things uh, and seen some things and dabbled in some things. And so uh, understanding my calling at all times, but wrestling with how to present it and be truly within it so here we are today really trying to focus on uh being evangelistic in how we work and do ministry um and so that's how did, the goal. How, did, how did you get involved in music um when you say you know working in the music industry uh it's just been a part of my life i think anybody that does it, whatever they do it, it always starts from the beginning so i've always been listening to music you know i grew up in the hip-hop era uh was an r&b connoisseur uh it was against house rules to listen to that music. So late at night, I'll be up with my cassette tape, dubbing the radio. I don't know if people remember doing that. <laughs> I remember them TDK So I always been doing like tech with my dad, you know what I'm saying? Cause we were always um, doing startup ministries. And okay. so I, I had to learn quick how to run the soundboard as well as be a part of the music ministry and do all those pieces. So I used to get in trouble a lot cause I used to take the messages from the church and put the little tape at the top and start dubbing the radio. My dad, you'd be like, yo, you taking away my catalog. You can't be using church equipment for, uh, <laughs> for radio. So I had a box of tapes in my closet that I would sit at night and I would dub the radio and play it back all the time. And so that's really how I started. And like I told you before, off, off tap, like um, I always wanted to be a producer, um, but the challenge in my house was, you know, it needs to be for God. Uh, your ministry needs to be for whatever. And so of course with the hip hop era, I always wrestle with that. Like, yo, what's wrong with just doing just dope music? I don't want to do, you know, clap, stump, clap, stump. <clears throat> and so when, when Kirk Franklin came out with God's property, I think a lot of us uh, in the hip hop culture that grew up in the church were like, yo, that's the sound. And I would tell my dad, like, that's what I want to sound like. If I'm going to produce and I'm going to do it for quote unquote God, and I'm going to, I'm going to explain why I put the quotes um, 
I wanted to sound like that. And so that's how it all started. And I was like, what? I was, I was young at the time. And so from that point on, I never really touched production, but I've done a lot of DJing. And then I started doing A&R work, uh, did some, did some interning at Bad Boy. Um, and then from there, I just worked in radio. I've been on all pretty much all the major radio station uh, organizations. So Cumulus Radio, iHeart, Radio One, um, some mom and pop stations as well. I've done as well. So just been doing that. So now I've rolled over more to doing uh, helping the niche community or the gospel I hate to call it urban gospel, but the hip hop culture of the gospel side, a lot of those guys are still learning the business. And so I thought it would be a great way to kind of do evangelism through that side. Um, and I said the quotations because it was a question that I always asked my dad, like, why can I do music and still be a Christian or serve God? Like, why does it have to be a certain type of music, a certain type of message? Because we go back and we look at the person that works at Home Depot or the person that has a regular nine to five job. Uh, you know, they pick those jobs because that's what they need to do provide. So why does it have to be specifically, I gotta do gospel music when I just wanna just do good music. Uh, the message can be good, but why does it have to be gospel? So that was what I wrestled with as a young, as a young toddler coming up again. Cause like I said, uh, it was straight Bible in my career. It wasn't no, if we missed church, uh, if it was flooding outside, if it was pandemic, we were still going to have, you know, we still was going to have communion in the crib. We still was going to have daily devotion. We was going to have prayer time. It was, it was on and popping. So I was that, I was that kid where we was at church all the time. No cap. Like that was my dad's job. My mom was the, was the administrative assistant plus her other job. So during the summertime, like we was in the nursery at the church. My dad was at the church working. Like, that's what it was. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday night, Bible not. study. Like, I'm old school, old school. Like, revival, nah. come back, do it yep. again. <laughs> Three services. Then I'm like, yo, like, come on. <laughs> Vacation. That's not, that's not a bad school. place to grow up either. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, and then you still go home. And, and it, it's not, it's nothing against uh, current pastors or pastors or how they do it, but um, and I always tell my dad, I hold him in high regard. And maybe it's just, I have a bias, but this dude here, man, he was, he was uh, completely sold out. So it was no games. Like if it wasn't in the word, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't cracking. It yeah. wasn't what it was. So it was all the time, like all the time. If we having a conversation, about life, yeah, he gonna give me some advice, but he gonna come to the he gonna come from the scripture from it. I'm like, come on, <laughs> like everything. So it's kind of like, yo, um, that I don't call it pressure, but so to be in that environment, you always anybody. You know what I'm saying? You see everything. Of course, you are in the world, not of the world. So you hearing things, and people and your friends are saying different stuff, and you always want to kind of look and see. I ain't jump too deep. I went, I went deep enough, but I ain't. <laughs> it was, uh, it was definitely a journey. So here we are, um, doing this. Like I said, at the point in time, I think when we really got connected with the gospel, as you guys probably already know, CHH was kind of bubbling, uh, with cross movement and stuff. And I know those guys, um, 
and really got involved with the hip hop church. I don't know if y'all familiar with that in Harlem. There was a church they called the Hip Hop Church. BET featured them. 106 and Park used to go out there. Um, Curtis Blow was a part of it. And it was a big thing kind of buzzing at the time. And so I got connected, really got connected with those artists and started working with them. And um, came back, we moved to Houston and started doing some stuff there. And then kind of just been developing it from there. So Coalition Kingdom DJs does that. It's a DJ organization that looks to break purpose and records and merge those indie artists into the mainstream to give them uh, some exposure. And so our parent company is very huge in breaking records. They've broken artists like Young Jeezy, Future, T.I., uh, all of those big names that come out of Atlanta. That organization broke those artists in the city and abroad. And so one of the members felt a compelling mission to start Coalition Kingdom. And so here we are today. So I, I really appreciate just how your father was and <laughs> stick to the basics. Yeah. This is what it is, this is the word. If it ain't outside of that, I don't yeah. got no how to do it. So how, how has that um, characteristic of his kind of impacted how you approach your work as a DJ? Uh, it's just black and white, you know, it's real simple. Uh, and, it's, and it's like that in the music industry. I think a lot of people get it confused, like, and as, as the brother spoke before, Mr. Mr. Robert, I, I heard, you know, telling him what he was talking about, artists developing and all that. Like, it was just, it's just straightforward. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and that's just how the word is. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not me shaming you. It's not me coming at you no type of way. It's just what it is. Mm -hmm. And when it is what it is, it is what it is. And that's what my dad would say. There's always an absolute truth, son. So no matter how you put it, there's an absolute truth to everything. And so that's kind of how I carry myself with um, business and how I have it. Like it just, if it's, if it's right, it's right. If it's good, it's good. It's no lukewarm. And that's kind of how my dad kind of raised me. Like there's no, you're not, you're not, you're either cold or you're hot, son. You're not in between, you know, you're either for God or you're not. That's how I, <laughs> I'm so, like, that focus, you either cold or you hot. Yeah, that's it. No lukewarm over here. So you either, you can't be a carnal believer. You got to be all the way sold out. Because if you're carnal and you just believe in the faith, that's great and that's good. But the more you are uh, sold out for Christ, sold out for God, sold for the message, you can reap the benefits that you're looking for. But yeah. you can't straddle that fence trying to figure it out and get it all. Um, and to speak to that, that was one thing I had to learn because I, I would challenge him as a child, those questions like, okay, cool. And I, and I told Focus this mm -hmm. off tap as well, like, cool. I'm looking at different artists. Yeah, okay, I'm doing the gospel thing, whatever, cool. But I'm not popping like, uh, you know, like a future or a TI or whatever it is, you know? What's going on? Like, what's happening? And it's the same thing he was telling me, like, it's the principle, son. Like, it's the absolute truth of the principles. God honors faithfulness along all borders with the principles of what he gives. So we look at millionaires, we look at investors and we wonder why they have so much prosperity and they respect them. All they do is respect the 10% principle in life. We don't see it that way, but they do. They give to charity, they give, they give, they give, and they receive double fold, triple fold back. And then we look in our community and we like, well, why are we suffering? We won't even give the least, the 10%. The 10%. 
We yeah. try to hold on to everything until we say, I got enough to get a 10. And that's not what it is. The absolute truth is that no matter what it is you do, you give the 10, the minimum, and you'll get blessed. Let's take it deeper. Let's take it deeper. The drug dealer, the hustler, how he moves and becomes successful in his business. He he invests in his business and he gives at least 10% of his earnings to re-up so he can get back out there and push his weight again. Am I not correct? You're right. That's right. So it, the principle doesn't it doesn't leave. <laughs> like God gives that principle, it doesn't leave us. But we think that because we saved, sanctified, and covered by God's grace, that we can slip on those things, and then we look into the world and say, "Well, the world is doing this, and they doing it that way." And da 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 da. Nah, they don't get the blessings of eternal life. Yeah, they get the on earth thing, but they're following the basic principle. Yeah. So for both of you, uh, gentlemen, when did you first fall in? I always wanted to ask this question at the interview because Brown Sugar was my favorite movie. So when did you first fall in love with hip hop? I did it. <laughs> Robert, you want to go? You want to go now first? Say, say, repeat that question again. When did you first fall in love with hip hop? With hip hop, um, mm-hmm. probably somebody you never heard of, but there was a group <laughs> back in the seventies called the Last Poets. Mm. Yes, I'm a poet, Mr. Robert. I I know. Yes, <laughs> ah, yes. And, I and some of the stuff that they spoke about were things that were happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, this whole because it was a different time back then. They spoke about the revolution. Yeah. Well, we really believed it was going to be a revolution because black people was catching so much hell. Mm. You know, we some of the black guys. We was going to Vietnam so we could get trained in how to conduct warfare because we knew. Mm-hmm. It was going to be a freedom fight, you know, and Malcolm, I saw his speech, the Ballad of the Bullet. So, yeah, the last poets was when I really, you know, kind of came to hip hop because it was uh, it was real. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to live in Detroit and Motown was, you know, it was like, you know. It was it was it was music, but it was, wasn't like real like hip hop. Hip hop was like, this is really what's going on. And I, I think. You know, the last poets spoke about what was really going on. And, and hip hop has been in New York since the 60s. Yeah. There was a guy named Gil Scott Heron who was a rapper back a long time ago. So it's been kind of a continuum. And, and I think one thing that's always uh, stayed the same is that uh, hip hop was always honest. You know, real yeah. hip hop was always honest. And Christian hip hop is probably even more honest. Because they said, well, just because, because it used to be when you did hip hop music, you couldn't be Christian or you couldn't be good. I mean, people believe that, you know, if you, if you was a rapper, it's not a a Christian rapper. I remember now it is accepted now, but I remember when a time where you couldn't be a Christian rapper, you know, like Biz Marquis and all them guys, they were not, you know, welcomed as Christians, you know, into the Christian community. But now I think to see it come full circle, you know, with Christian hip hop, you know, uh, and um, I, it's, it's, you know, I, that's that's when I first got with hip hop, but I've, I've kind of seen it kind of change and evolve over the years. And uh, it's, it's uh, hip hop and jazz are the only real true um, American uh, music, uh, original music is hip hop and jazz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Can, I, can, I, can I ask a question? Of course. 
Because I, I heard them. I wanted to, so this, I think it's for for the entire panel. So we talked about, we. I hear y'all say Christian hip hop. And it's just a, it's a question that I have with a lot of people. Why, why has it been given that moniker? Because as you know, Robert, you know, you have the five percenters, you got Muslims, you have uh, a lot of religious beliefs and people that come of different statues that don't put that moniker on, they just hip hop. But as Christians, it's like, okay, I got you, I have to let you know, like I'm a Christian hip hop rapper versus just actually spitting your lifestyle. Um, where did that come about? Why did that come about? And do you think that affects the industry or those artists in totality? Mm -hmm. So I'll start off, uh, personally, I do. I do think it does. We've had this uh, conversation a lot on The Fix. Um, definitely, if you go back and you listen to uh, the interview we did with Dayton and um, the Menace Movement and also Say Lot of Corner, um, I think it, it stems from Christian hip hop basically coming from the gospel um, part of it. Like you spoke about, Kirk Franklin kind of came out with uh, the project he came out with. But then after that, you had the Tunnel Rats, you had Cross Movement that pretty much still came from the gospel. So it actually was gospel hip hop first. I don't know if you remember, but at right. one point it was gospel hip hop. Then it went to Christian hip hop. I just think it's, uh, to make a long story short, at least for me, from what I've done my research on, they just they want to continue to keep the name. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why they want to keep the name. We, we always had this conversation, like, why can't it just be hip hop? If it's good, it's hip hop. Why can't it be played within? Well, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, that's the conversation we're going to get I, into. Yeah, that's some of it sonically, it's not good. So I, I'm not going to go there. That's a whole other conversation. But for the, for the, for the, some, some artists are sonically good where they could be within the ranks of with the futures, the TIs or whoever in those same uh, music. And some of them have done it. We know Lecrae has done it. We know D1 has done it and some of the others, you know, we, we can go name. But I just think it's the Christian faith that wants to continue to hold the title. Yeah. That's, that's that's much what I when, when you talk about why would they, would do they need to continue to stay separate? Everything we do has to have a label. You got the vegans arguing with the, the meat eaters and you go to the natural hair versus our wheat. Everything I think humanly just has to have this that definition because of identity. And so I think when you start to talk about taking the label off of Christian hip hop, I think some of the fear behind it is, well, then now we are, in, we're, we're not so much that um, in the world, but not of it. So I think keeping the Christian hip hop label, I don't agree with it, but keeping it keeps up this, this facade of we A still fake facade It's corny. Yeah. Like we still <laughs> it's corny. You can say it. It's corny. Like It's I, I corny. What it is, is this fake, side of we still separate from y'all corny yeah and all that kind of people um and i think it's very limiting i think it limits the 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 reach that we could have because if you're not a christian what leads you to click on the christian hip-hop uh like you know section in spotify or apple music versus if i just say give me a curated hip-hop list and then all everybody's mixed in and then maybe i can get a message if i'm not saved so i just it's just another one of them stupid things we do to stay separate for no reason. Okay. Um, well, I, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry. We need to no, no, I'm done. Go okay. ahead. I, I was going to jump in. I, I think uh, in, in the music business, um, labels uh, are related to marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason they have 
always had different labels in the music business because they want to decide who they can market music to. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's kind of a holdover, you know, the Christian hip hop, well, we can market this to Christians. And, and one thing um, in the music business is that um, Christian music, gospel music and country music are the three genres where people still buy records. Mm. And in a lot of the other genres, you know, hip hop and R&B, people will buy a song and share it with everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of it, well, not a lot of it, but some of it may have to do with the fact that, you know, they want to keep it in this lane, you mm-hmm. know, and, 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 and they label music so they can market it to a certain, you know, to a certain uh, group of people. And, and I think, you know, uh, who was it? Somebody said a long time ago, it's good music and bad music, you know? <laughs> and I, I think when they say Christian hip hop, then, you know, when, if I'm a parent, I have a kid and they say, what well, is Christian hip hop? Well, I know it's probably no cussing in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably no talking about no debauchery and people getting shot. So I think it's a way that, you know, labels used to differentiate uh-huh. that music from, you know, gangster rap, you know, and, 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 right. and where a parent may be okay with a kid listening to Christian hip hop, maybe they're not okay with them listening to other kind of hip hop music. So I, I think, you know, the labels have, have kind of put it in this lane to, uh, to market it to certain, you know, I think a certain, certain group of people, hmm. Christians, I mean, you know, certain group of people. Um, and, and I think uh, that may be a reason. But I, like I said, I don't think, I think labels, I, I remember back in the day, the Staples singers, you know, they, you'd have their record right next to the Temptations of Marvin Gaye and nobody really considered them. You know, they, they, they sang music with Christian themes, but nobody called them Christian R&B. Right, right. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I'm saying, I think this has something to do with maybe marketing is there is there southern baptist situation going on that's all it is okay, okay. Right. they got a they, they got a hold they got a hold of it and was like nah we're gonna make <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah so I, I will say this though and just to kind of respond to something that uh gentleman said i you know i i've been my daughter you know we used to go to she used to go to church in louisville and that's one church she used to go to they had a band that had the wickedest bass lines you ever heard in your life. Uh-huh. So I would be recording them. And she said, well, that's unchristian to record <laughs> bass lines at church. I said, Jessica, I said, I never heard nothing like this, man. <laughs> <laughs> said, this is some serious funk here. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, so I don't know, what do you guys think about that, man? Is it okay to record music? Man, you record whatever you want to record. <laughs> Some of the best musicians I ever seen was at church, especially I used to spend a lot of time in Nashville. All the great musicians started in church. I used to spend a lot of time in Nashville and Nashville has, to me, the best musicians that I heard anywhere on earth. Uh, 85% of them started in church. Yeah, not for sure. (laughs) I will argue Nashville and Cleveland has some of the best musicians ever and they all were in church. So I can keep recording them bass lines and I won't (laughs) blaspheme. Well, you get away with it even more in this in this time because there's everybody's recording and videotaping and all that in the service. So yeah, yeah, you're right. You, yeah. You, you, so, you definitely so, get some leeway. Speaking of like just coming from church and, and and all of that, what role do you think that church Christian music 
us Christian artists in the entertainment world, what role do we play in just the, the overall conversation of social justice, especially in the black community? Well, I would say that uh, um, musicians have often sort of led the fight for social justice. Uh, musicians have a way of, um, they, have, they have a leadership role where they can do things that even politicians can't. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. And, they, and, they, and they just, you know, I, I remember when, uh, when, when the Beatles and Jimi Hendrix start wearing their hair long, then everybody started wearing their hair long. Guys yeah. had the big froze and, and, the, and, the, and, and the Caucasians had the long hair. That all started with, with musicians. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't just a hair, it was like an attitude, you know, like, you know, I want to be me. I'm going to do my thing. I'm not going to conform, blah, blah, blah. So I think, I think musicians uh, have long had a leadership role, although a lot of them don't realize it mm -hmm. right off the bat. And, and, and I think somewhere along the line, maybe they do when they, they kind of accept responsibility, but musicians have always, uh, you know, had, had a role, a leadership role in society. And if you look at it in, in, in black, you know, if you look at a lot of the, uh, the black move movement, I guess, you know, back in the day, you know, you had Paul Robeson, who was a musician. You had, uh, uh, it, it was a number of them, you know, uh, Eartha Kitt, because people tended to, um, I guess, follow their lead, not just because they were celebrities, but they were considered down to earth people. A lot of times who passed up the money to do something for the struggle yeah and that's how you can tell somebody's real you know that, that's why you know they say you know uh somebody was telling me the other day about kamala harris they say well all of a sudden she's real black now you know <laughs> she got black in a hurry you know and and uh uh you know but people you know musicians because if you're faking the funk as a musician people are not going to follow you and they're going to like right. you so you mm -hmm. got to be real in what you're doing i think and, and yeah. uh, so, you know. So Tim, let, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, I, I want you definitely to share a little bit because uh, I know you do man, you, you manage artists. Um, you also develop artists. Speak a little bit about your experience with managing different artists and showing them the business side of it. Uh, we spoke a little bit on the phone about this. So I want you to chime in a little bit on that. Okay. Um, I think, and to speak, I guess, speak to the question that I, it kind of links with the question that I asked about the Christian artists. Um, the exposure for those artists is becoming um, difficult because they don't know the business. And I think Robert may spoke to this a little bit as well, but the businesses, uh, the exposure and back to the principal thing that I said, like the absolute truth, the business is the business, no matter what you're doing. Um, and so you have to follow the blueprint, no matter how and what you're talking about in order for, the uh, the suits or the execs to pay attention to you. Of course, there's always uh, different ways to skin a cat, but if we're talking about mainstream media, we're talking about terrestrial radio and all those things, there's always exceptions to the rule, but the, the attention, the rule or what I'm finding out in the Christian hip hop community or gospel community is that the business side is not correctly done. When, I, when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about metadata, I'm talking about publishing. I'm talking about you actually getting all of your tools correct for those who's who to actually pay attention to you. So let's we can even talk about some of the big names that you may be familiar with. 
um, I receive records all the time. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I created the DJ pool that I created is to kind of, I don't, I don't want to call myself a gatekeeper, but kind of help filter the records so these artists can be prepared to get the exposure that they can receive if they do it right. Uh, mm -hmm. Media base and BDS who actually chart records for artists don't care what you're talking about. They could care less what your message is. Is, is your information correct so I can chart it? Billboard could care less what your message is. Sony, Universal, uh, Asylum, uh, BMG, all the top labels could care less what your message is. One, one salient fact that they ask is, is it going to bring us monetary value? That's it. That's it. They don't, they don't care about no color. They don't care about it. The only color they care about is green. And so as, as an artist, if I'm listening or if I'm paying attention to what's going on and I'm talking about, well, why my record not, why certain records not getting played on the radio? Why Lecrae records not getting played on the radio? Why such and such records not getting played on mainstream radio? Um, it's because a lot of the back office of the business is not taken care of. Mm. So the simple thing of metadata, if your metadata is not in your record, it can't be found. It can't be searched. I don't care if you have it on Spotify or all that. The those who's who that's actually looking for those numbers can't find your music. And it's and it's and it's a simple process. You get your record from your engineer. You take your record and put it into Apple Music or whatever play um, play device you use. And you it's a thing that says get info. You can get info on that record. Um, if you bring a record in there and you, it, Apple Music can do it by itself. It'll go and look for the metadata for you, but it needs to be entered somewhere. So if you start that process, you take your music from your studio. I'm dropping Jews now. Uh, take your music from, from a studio session. You put it in your Apple Music. You hit get info. It's going to ask you your artist name, track name, composer, grouping, uh, how many tracks is in it? Is it a disc? Is it a compilation? All this stuff is in there. Even your, even to the lyrics, art, artwork, all that stuff is there. You have to fill that information out. That's your metadata. That actually takes, that is the DNA of your record. And so if you fill out that DNA of your record, now people can pay attention. There's only one process of it, but that's a that's a great initial place to start when you're starting to trying to get noticed um, by the major labels. I've talked to Sony VPs. I've talked to Universal VPs. And that's one of the things that they continuously tell me. They said the gospel music industry and gospel artists and these hip hop artists are super good, but they do not know how to monetize their value. And since they can't monetize their value, we don't see value in it. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. So, I'm I'm rapper such and such. I decide to do shows and I'm doing shows and I got a nice little chitlin circuit show that I'm doing. I'm doing all the churches in my area. Uh, churches from different cities and different states are calling me. They got like 500 of their attendants coming in and I do a great job. The pastor gives me, I tell a pastor rate, he gives me my money or he gives me an offering and I go home and I'm good. And to the normal person, if I'm making 10 grand out of that, that's cool. But then you look at it and the label is looking and saying, okay, cool, you're doing shows. How many tickets did you sell? 
How many people were in attendance? What was the ticket cost? How often are you doing tours? You can't just say, yo, I get paid five stacks for a show. For what? Who told you that? <laughs> what, like, what, like that's what that's what the labels and anybody else, Live Nation, they ask you, like, who told you that? Like, and so you, th- you think about it. If I go to a church and I promote my show, and that's why I tell all artists that I do, we're not doing no shows at church. If you're gonna do a show at a church, you do it for free, you do it as a as a love or a love gift or a blessing to the community, but we're not doing shows at the church. Cause what'll happen is they'll promote your event, they'll promote that you're coming out, and let's say this church has 10,000 members, and all 10,000 of those members show up, but you only charge the church a grand or two stacks to do your show. Cause you're feeling yourself a five. Let's say five, and take it out there and, and take it to a regular artist. If I'm not and I do a venue that got ten thousand attendees, at let's keep it low, five dollars a ticket. Now the now I can say yo, I pay five. I can sell out venues. We talked about Toby. Same thing with Toby Nagugui. His message is positive. It's all that. He's not putting any label on it. He's just doing the work. He'll sell out a 3,000, a 5,000 venue. And he could go to a label and he can, he has the, he has the weight and the negotiating power to get and maneuver however he wants to maneuver. And that's why he gets the credibility that he gets because he could go to a label and say, yeah, oh, I could do an arena. I could do a 5,000 seat arena and sell it out. Oh, really? How can we maximize those dollars? Because you roll those ticket sales into streams, you roll those ticket sales into CD sales. As a as a as a label, I can look at an investment and know I'm gonna get my investment back, mm-hmm. which allows me to get radio play. And people gotta understand this too. And I ain't tell you this, focus. Radio is not for music. News alert, news alert, news alert. Radio is not in the business of music. It's in the business of advertising. Music is the commercials for the advertisement. People think the commercials are, (laughs) people think the advertisements are commercials for the music. It's opposite. Radio is in the music of business and advertising dollars. The music keeps you there so you can hear the advertisement dollars. And once we as a community or we as CHH artists or whoever a gospel artist understand that, then you can break through that, that sphere and be noticed. Chance the Rapper got on it. Yep. As the Rapper gets spins. Mm-hmm. He, has a, he has a strong positive message. We could talk about a lot of artists that has positive message, that has positive records on the air. D1 is doing it. He's getting close and close and close to it, but his his steps and his patterns are of that of music business. Right. You feel me? And so back to the thing that we talked about before, the absolute truth and the principle of the matter. It's a music business. So if I treat it as such and I want to be such, then I do that. Now, if you want to be an evangelistic artist, that's cool. And some people have a call to do that and be evangelistic in their calling and do it through music and they're going that route, but I'm hearing a lot of artists crying about not being on the radio or there's no radio play for us or there's nowhere else for us to live and nowhere else for us to stay. Well, you have no monetary value. 
and you cannot speak to it. You have no paper trail. And then your metadata is not right. And we talk about, are you registered? What you mean registered? Are you registered ASCAP, BMI, BDS, Nielsen, SoundScan, SoundScan? Huh? What's that? Mm-hmm. Do you know how to work a record? Do you know how to work a single? What's work a record? What you mean work a single? Do you know what a full service pack is? Like all those things are important because that's a part of the music business to help you move forward and to start monetizing. Okay, you got a show. Can you do a hundred? Can you do a hundred venue? Can you do a two hundred venue? What venues are you doing? What's the numbers that you're paying? How are you coming up with your ticket prices? You can't randomly come up with a number and think that it's going to be classified as business. I do it. I come up with random numbers because I do a lot of independent work and I just do it on the type of my bill. Like if, it was, if, if, I, if I have a certain type of bill, that's what you're going to get charged that day. Like, all right, my phone bill need to get paid. It look like it's 500. How much you charge for graphics? I charge 500 for 600 for graphics today. Yep. Right. <laughs> but we can't do that. As, we can't do that as you can't do that as an artist and yeah. want to be respected in the industry. Um, and yes, are there evil entities? And I mean, it's the world, people. Like we can always say that. Like the gospel music industry is full of dirt and sin and not everything else. You be you. If I tell you the stories that go on in the gospel realm that you think you, you know, the Fred Hammonds, the Kirks, the Kiki Shears, all them that you like, oh, I'm watching BET gospel. If I told you what really what really was going on behind the scenes, like it would shake, <laughs> it would shake the Christian community. They'd be like, oh my God, what is going on? And so, but it's just a business. So I think if we if we could start, and we, I think that CHH, as popular as it is, is still underground in a sense, if you want to call it that. Like, they're still underground artists. They're still indie artists. And so they're still trying to learn how to bubble above the fray um, to get known. Lecrae has done a great job to kind of knock down some walls. Um, and he's done business right so far. You know, he's got, he got to deal with Capitol Records, and everybody was like, oh, it's Illuminati. No, it's not. Stop. <laughs> hey, the brother is doing business. They sell out venues. What do you want the man to do? Like, he need to run the checkup so he can get other artists, so he can upfront the money, and so he get his money back. And yeah. so, metadata. Get it right. Get your metadata done first. Get your publishing done, and get registered, because you can't get paid. You can't. There's money everywhere for artists if you just do what's right as far as the business side of it. And it, and it's real simple. I tell my sons all the time. Right now, in this time and age, they have the best opportunity possible. You know what I'm saying? We grew up when the internet was just starting. So I know y'all remember the, the disc that we would get in the mail. Mm-hmm. You had to dial up. You got to get off the phone. Uh, you know, got the whole dial up now. But these guys that are growing up now, and and they've seen it, the Soldier Boys and the other odd guys that are doing it internet-wise, but nobody's taking the time to actually go and search for the information of the business. And it's all at your fingertips. It's on your phone. It's on your, your, your laptop. You don't have to go to the library or looking for an encyclopedia or look for a special book. You can simply do a Google search and find out all this stuff, cross-reference things, 
And then you have uh, brothers like myself, Focus, um, that could definitely give you information. I'm pretty sure Robert, wherever his line of contact is, he's free to give people information. But uh, that's that's just the gist of that's the that's a little bit of it, Focus. It's, it's way deeper than that. But all those ha- open up layers. But if those artists do those things, they can see a big difference in how it's presented. Yes, the music has evolved. Mm-hmm. So I've taken like a reconcile. I don't know if y'all familiar who that is. With reconcile uh, a 1K few um, uh, Erica Manson into audiences that's been for sake of conversation, secular audiences, I call them mainstream, secular art- audiences where they've captured their attention. Reconcile went into a venue, Coalition's anniversary, so that's over a thousand plus DJs from across the country, um, from Snoop Dogg, Daz Dillinger, uh, to Radio Zex at Universal, and he killed it. And they're like, yo, who is this artist and where is he coming from? And yo, gospel Christian rap is that now? Like, that's how they spitting? <laughs> like, what? Like, why we don't have this record? Why we don't have this record? And then his follow-up, you know, it could have been stronger, it could have been better, but he got to get the back end together. He did end up signing with Empire. I don't know what the distribution deal is with that, but uh, Caleb Mitchell, he just recently got signed to Def Jam. Yep. Uh, so it's not that they don't want you in there. It's not, oh, you so godly, we don't want you. Like, Jesus went everywhere, right? Don't Facts. we know that for a fact? Facts. He went everywhere. He had free range to go everywhere. So we put ourselves in these boxes in this corner over here to be holier than now. And that's not how we supposed to be and to speak to your social justice. And like, we got to go out into the community. We have to disciple the sheep. We got to disciple the people. We got to teach the good news in our, in our conversation, in our messages and song or whatever. We got to go out into the community and be in the community us to say oh we christian and we over here and we doing our thing and we preaching to the choir how that work if you had a cure you wouldn't keep it in in the box and keep feeding it to each other like we would go out and yo give it to my friend over here like yo check this out yo here take a piece of this i got like mm-hmm. if corona if covid if somebody if one of us popped up with covid clear we would be like yo check this out man come over here let me get this to you and we wouldn't keep it in our little huddle of us four would be silly right Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like I take I take it, I feed it to the family, and then I go out and I give it to the community, and then I bring it back, and then I go out again. I come back, I come back to my Christian base. If I get my scars or whatever, and I get a little sick, I get back because that's what that's what quote unquote the church is. That's the hospital. So I go over there, I get my replenishment, and then I go back out. Mm-hmm. I do it again. I come back out, keep myself checked. That's what your Sunday is. It's a replenish and a check of your war wounds throughout the week. Because we got to deal with the things of the world. We don't want to be of it. We in it. So we have, that's why you have your Wednesdays and your Sundays. It's not for us to go and be holier than now. It's us to get a replenishment, bandage up our scars to go back out and help somebody else. Yo, I got this scar. I got a new antidote for that. I'm about to go take this to the people that got these type of scars. All right, cool. Here you go, brother. You know what I'm saying? If you need help, 
this the spot over here, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna give you what I got. And then I go back. I may have got, uh, may got hit by something else while I was out here helping that brother. So I need, <laughs> I need to go back, get the antidote for that. And then I go over here and I serve the streets. And that's how we have to think of it as a, as a Christian community. Um, and I think if we do that, we'll be accepted more. Because I think a lot of times we, uh, we get into a place where we feel good and that's where we want to stay. Because we knew we were quick, dirty real, before. Real quick before I get you out of here, yeah. tell the people a little bit about UGM Digital. Yeah, because I know we could, we could chop it up a lot. Man, yeah, you got, listen, I'm going to have to come back to the fix, man. Yeah, I see you got you the- You are, you are, because you ain't give everything I wanted, but just tell the people a little bit about UGM Digital. So UGM Digital, just real simple. It's a DJ pool. So I started out as a DJ, and that's what I was used to in the mainstream. Uh, radio would receive records all the time from labels and artists. Uh, I think Robert knows the process of that, receiving records. Um, And so when I switched lanes, so to speak, uh, that was one of the issues that I had. I actually had a conversation with Yolanda Adams about it and was like, yo, like I'm a DJ, where do I get the records? How do I know which record is hot? Where to find it at? I'm not, and I hate to say that, but as a DJ, I'm not paying for a record. I'll go- (laughs) Say I'm not paying I can email I mean, with, with, with cash apps attached yeah, to Yeah, like now time is time has changed that you don't have to go to the record studio or the record store, kind of file through the vinyl or the CDs and find the records. That game has changed. So I'm I'm used to receiving records from people that want to get records, and then I find out which one I want to break. But so when you come over to the gospel side, there's no way for a DJ if I wanted to. If I feel like I'm changing my life and I want to do this type of ministry or be in this formulation of music, as a DJ, I have nowhere to go to find out what's hot. Who's the artist to check for? There's no place for me to go to start a trail. And so that was one of the things that kind of got me started. Okay, cool. Like I need to, I need to provide a source for DJs to go to receive music. Uh, the second thing was, as I talked to DJs, the thing was, they couldn't get the records. Everybody's ripping records. They couldn't, nobody could get in contact with Reach. Nobody could get in contact with these other people because one, they didn't have it. And then two, they would just, they couldn't be contact. I've been blessed to have relationships with Reach Records. I have actually have access to the vote. So any record they release, I receive it in full service pack for DJs. Uh, and then I just been kind of, same thing with the ministry, just going out, touching different people, touching different organizations and telling them the benefits of it um, and why they should do it. So as a DJ, if you're part of UGM Digital, even as an artist, we have a relationship with media base. So all records that come into UGM Digital are being monitored and tracked by media base. Um, I'm working on a relationship right now with Digital Radio Tracker that traces, traces it digitally, but we have the opportunity and the ability to track those records. Cause when they, when we receive the records, we make sure that the metadata is right. We call the labels, artists and or management to find out to make sure they have all their paperwork right. And then uh, we make sure that the DJ has the record so he's able to spend it. And then we have an opportunity to monitor that data with media base. Um, and that's pretty much where UGM Digital is, where you can submit your music and DJs can go have a safe place get the right bit rate, stop ripping music, fellas. I know that's what you've been doing for a while. Stop ripping music from YouTube, stop ripping music from Spotify, get the correct bit rate, 320 bit rates. 
um, and get your good music and present it to the to community. And that's where we at. Appreciate you, Tibbs, man. Tell the people how they connect with you, man. Follow you on. It's simple. Social. At Mr. Tibbs, M R T I I B B, as in boy S. They call me Mr. Tibbs. So Mr. Tibbs on all platforms. I'm not on Facebook. They didn't. They changed my password ten years ago, and I never went back. So <laughs> it's straight. It's straight Instagram and Twitter. Um, I did have a phone number, but I get it next time I come on the fix. Uh, to get that number out so people can contact me via text. Um, but those are the places, Instagram and Twitter is M-R-T-I-I-B-B-S. Mr. Tibbs, let me, let me ask you, where, how did you come up with your name? That's my name. Tibbs? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. You know, yes, sir. I know movie. the heat of the night, Sydney Poitier. Yeah, I already know what time I it is. I actually have an yeah. uncle. Hey, I, I wasn't gonna uncle. go there, but I, I just seen that <laughs> no, movie. No, but that was nah, a nah, that's what it he, is. All he demanded. Day. He demanded and got his I respect. See you over there, T. <laughs> he, he demanded and got his respect. He said, "You call me Mister Tim." Yeah, you know? call me. Listen, I started that. I started that when I after I graduated high school. Uh -huh. I started that because. 